Hi, friends. Welcome to God Stories. I am your host, Cassie, and I am so glad that you're here with me today. This is where I have on my friends, both new and old, to share their God stories. From the big, aha, miraculous, life-changing moments to the ordinary, everyday moments that are oftentimes the very extraordinary, life-changing ones. My hope is that you're encouraged. My hope is that you're sometimes challenged. My hope is that you feel welcome and enjoy today's episode. Hey friends, welcome to God Stories. I'm sitting here in this cozy bedroom of Hannah Brower. Welcome, Hannah. Thanks. I'm excited to be here in the warmth, kind of. <laughs> Her heater just broke, and so we're sitting here with space heaters, and it just feels nice and warm and cozy, and um, there's some workers upstairs that are fixing the heater problem, but we've rescheduled this a few times. This is truly God's timing, and I'm really excited because he's led me He's led us to connect through a mutual friend, Tiffany, and I've heard part of your story on Table Talk with Tiffany, her podcast. But just to get to hear what God has done in your life, I'm really grateful and honored. So thank you for saying yes. Go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners. Oh, sure. Um, well, I'm humbled to be on a podcast. I always, I feel funny. That was the first time I'd been on a podcast. I'd share my testimony at churches, but I'm like, am I, am I adult enough to do this? Like, am I like... like what qualifies me and I'm like oh the Lord qualifies me like his story this is his this really is his story but um as you said I'm Hannah I um I've been walking with the Lord about eight years now um and it I mean it was a pretty it was a pretty crazy story that could only be a God story Mm -hmm. I'd say um and yeah, I guess I'm I'm happy to share with you. Yeah, before you do, I just want to tell our friends, I've got the sweetest. Her dog is like in my lap cuddling me and hasn't moved. Remind me? Pr- Finley. Finley, which means prayer warrior. warrior. Yeah. yeah, so it's just so cool. I wanted to just give you that imagery so you can picture it along with us. But go ahead and tell us that awesome God story from eight years ago. Perfect. Um, yeah, it's it's hard sometimes to summarize because... There's so many pieces of it that tell different facets of God, I think. And I I generally try to just, like, feel the spirit. So there will be pieces that, like, I may have shared in Tiffany's that I might not share here, just depending on how I feel led, because there's so much. And I get I get a little fired up. So awesome. <laughs> I, like, knock over a microphone. You need to be like, okay, hold on. I'm excited. Um, yeah, but... Um, I will just, um, I guess I'll just, I'll, yeah, I'll start at really where the Lord started pursuing me. Um, so I, my family is not like a Christian family and my dad's an atheist, my mom's agnostic and, um, incredibly loving parents though. I would say I, I, I really like, I have a great family and, um, I think, part of my story is like pretty much anyone else's in middle school, high school, you're just looking for acceptance. And, um, later in high school, I started getting into, um, just drinking, partying, but I think maybe different from others is I have a very intense personality I'll, I'll use. And, and, um, we do, I have a background, like a, a family genealogy of, of addiction. It, it has kind of come down the line. Um, and my dad would always say, be careful what you pick up because, you know, that's something that runs in our family. Mm-hmm. And I I actually was a rule follower and a kind of a straight edge person a lot of my life. And I think, again, that need for acceptance really led me to do things that I told myself I wouldn't ever do and just kind of like get into an extreme side of partying. So um, I would be at the party like anyone else, but I would... I would always drink to blackout. It turned into what started as like fun and like in high school and just enjoying and whatever, getting into trouble. I feel like any typical high schooler does. It it got into a place where I was blacking out like five nights a week probably in college. Um, and so um, it got... It, the tough part is, and you'll hear this kind of thematically throughout, is like... At night, I would be the partier, but during the day, like, I had a scholarship to college. Like, I actually was a book... I'm a bookworm at heart. I I kind of... I do have kind of a nerdy past, which I I think is maybe what made me so anxious to be accepted. I really was more of a... 
smart person was more of my identity growing up and then like just really wanting to be you know liked by boys or whatever it was led me to just this 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 party lifestyle and um in college i i do i love learning i still do i I have two degrees and eventually I'd like to get a PhD, but I really was that girl in the front of the class. Like that's me, like I'm taking the notes and raising my hand by day. And at night there's this like, this extreme behavior. And I also had three jobs and I was also a tutor and I also worked in library. Like I did so many things, but there seemed to be this like consistent never enough situation going on in my heart, just always wanting more. It was like I was never drunk enough. I was never high enough. I didn't have enough friends ever. I, I was very fit. I worked out twice a day and still was like, I'm not fit enough. Like there was this massive hole in my heart. And I, I think from the outsider, you would think I was doing very well. But unfortunately, I, I, I was very lonely. I was, again, three jobs. I, I had good grades for a lot of college and, um, you know, tan, fit, whatever. But freshman year, um, just drinking a lot. And I actually ended up, my grades started slipping. I, I lost my scholarship. Um, the same semester I lost my scholarship, I also got um, arrested. So I find myself um, in county jail and... The next day after I like get out of jail, I have this moment. I've, I've not even been in college a year yet, but I'm kind of like, what has become of me? Like, how did I get from this girl with scholarship to this like slipping grades in jail like person? And I remember just being at a low spot in my dorm and like laying there thinking, who can I talk to? And the only friends I could think to call were the same ones who were bringing me to these parties and doing these things with me and I remembered there was a Christian in one of my classes and I was like surely this guy has to be nice to me like I don't know who to talk to but I, he came to my mind so I and did you know anything about Christianity at this point so what I knew about Christianity in college was a lot of there's two there's two types of Christians so I, w- I went to college in Kentucky so there was a kind of a Bible Belt situation going on, kind of like the South, but not quite like Texas. Um, but what I saw was either these people who called themselves Christians because their parents are Christians, they were raised Christian, but they're getting trashed right next to me. They're just going to church on Sunday and feeling guilty. I'm like, the difference between you and I is nothing. You're sitting in a pew wasting your time and I'm not. Like, that's the way I thought. Mm-hmm. The other Christians I saw were like these weird, like, my name's Gabby and I love Jesus. And I'm like, I cannot relate to you. Like, I'm a happy person, but that is weird. Like, you're acting strange. You're kind of irrelevant. Like, I don't... There's no connection piece here. And quite frankly, I'm not interested in the Jesus you serve because I don't... I'm a mess inside and I know that. And you look all great. Like, I'm not interested. So there's either these hypocrites or these, like, perfect people. And I'm like, I'm I'm really neither. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I'm certainly not over here. So that's kind of my experience. And so this Christian came to mind... And you called him? Yes. So I Facebook messaged him and I was like, hey, I'm in a really not great spot. Can you have lunch with me at the dining court? He said, sure. So he comes comes to meet me and we're talking and he says, what do you think about God? And I'm like, oh gosh, like don't bring that up here. And he was like, you invited a Christian to lunch. And I was like, all right, valid point. I was like, dude, I don't know if I'm honest. Like obviously I'm not in a great place. I don't think much about it. Like, and... He said, well, I want you to know that I'm so confident in where I'm going to go when I die. I would die for any person in this room. Wow. And I was like, looked at, I'm like looking around. I'm like, where does the person get this confidence? Like, I'm not even confident what I just chose for lunch. Like, I am like, how at this age is he? And it was this weird soundness about him that really struck me. And I... I actually would go on to see his character and he was in my same major. So, you know, in your major, you kind of follow the same people. His character over time was incredible. And I remember thinking like, there is something different about him. I I thought that. Um, And so I would leave that lunch with this on my mind. But what happens again, and you'll see in the, there's like a progression of what, what happens with the seed he planted is for a non-believer or for me, at least in the stage, it's kind of sobering, but it scares me. So it's like, so what am I going to do? Show up at church tomorrow? Like I, I'm, I'm happy, quote unquote, like I'm happy with this. This is the popularity I've always wanted, right? Like I have the popular friends, the party, your friends, like 
I'm cute. I'm getting attention. Like I'm, I've got it. I don't, I don't want, I don't want to be the weird one. And honestly, how could I give all this up? Like, I feel like I worked for years to be this, whatever social, whatever I was being. And so I'm like, no, I, I don't really want to stop this. And, and not only that, I, where would I even start? I think there's like these questions. So what happens is then I feel guilty and sad. And I'm like, crap, if heaven and hell exists, I know where I'm going and it's not heaven. So then I would get more drunk because like to deal with the weight of this, I, I didn't know like what to do. And I'm, I'm young and anyway. And the alcohol would numb you for a period of time. Oh, and big number. Yeah. Big number. So if it wasn't alcohol, it was, it was binge eating. If it wasn't binge eating, it was actually starving myself. I was just, I was doing a lot of these behaviors looking back now. Yeah, these temporary things, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, it's funny because I remember even a friend, I'm like, let's get our ears pierced. And I'm like, well, we have to get drunk first to numb the pain. And it's funny because I was saying things in the physical, which was a spiritual indication of how I was doing. Mm. But again, to an 18 year old and to all the friends around me, I'm just being that girl at the party, right? I'm the drunkest, but it's not, no one would recognize that this is what's going on in my heart. Right. Like we, we're all just doing the same thing out yeah. here. So this, this is in my mind, but again, I'm just going back to my old thing. So I shelf it. Sophomore year, I, uh, I'm, so I do, I do tighten up my act because I'm like, I will not be that person. Like I am not like my scholarship was lost, but I'm going to like, so I start working way harder. I'm like, I need to get my grades turned around. I start buying Adderall. I'm getting like super focused. I'm doing what I need to do to be way better than the failure that just was. So yeah. now I'm pushing twice as hard as I was freshman year. And I'm like, again, to everyone else, I'm thriving. Cause now I I'm 4.0 GPA. I'm pushing for this again. Like I, I had gained some weight with my freshman 15. It, I cut it off working out. I'm doing so much. So sophomore year, I have a dream. And I, in the dream, it's like I was underwater. That's what it feels like. And everything's very quiet. And it's white everywhere. And I hear, I, I know, you know, in a dream, you kind of like know something is happening. You just, you have a knowledge of it. I, I like know there's someone to my left or something to my left and something in front of me. Like I can sense, but I can't see it. And I hear a voice say, if you deny me before man, I will deny you before the father. And I look down and I'm seeing, it's almost like I'm in space or something. I'm looking down. Earth is like very far away. And I remember in my heart, I get chills every time I say this, like being like, no, let me go back. Let me go back. And like this permanency, there was like this permanency resting in me. Like the time is up. You missed it. And I wake up bawling because I realized this is judgment day and I'm going to hell. Like this is how you woke up from the dream. Mm -hmm. wow. Mm -hmm. wow. And I am like, Oh my gosh. Like what, what do I, what do I do? Like, what do I do again? I don't know. I don't know what to do. So I go back. I'm drinking a ton, drinking a ton. Junior year. I couldn't tell you this then, but I'm lonelier than ever. It just continues to progress. I'm doing more feeling less. I'm becoming number and number. And at this point in time, of, of someone's introduced me to pot. And this is, like, better than alcohol because I have some levels of control in mind. But, like, again, massive numbing agent. So I'm getting high a ton, drinking a ton, still high-functioning, like, 4.0 GPA. I'm in – I join a business fraternity to get, like, my resume built up. Um, thriving in the physical, but, like, so empty in my heart. So – uh, my aunt gets in a car accident and passes away. She lives uh, three hours away from where I'm at in college, where my parents are, are, are at, and I have no money. I have no money to, which I should. I have three jobs, but I'm spending a lot of money on pot, drinking, partying. So I'm sitting at home realizing I'm not even sad that this happened, which scares me. And I'm like, okay, I'm actually a shell of a person. What is going on? And I have no money. I can even go to this, I can even go to this funeral if I was crying and I remember sitting in my apartment and I'm like sitting on this couch and I'm sober for the first time in a long time. Like, like, and, and then when I say sober, like I wasn't getting high and drinking all day, but I was all day studying, working out constantly, like working at one of my three jobs, doing all these things and I'm alone and I'm, it's quiet. And I just remember being like, I can't deal with myself. Like I cannot, I, 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 I'm, this is scary to me. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, God, if you are real, I need $40 to get to my hometown and back. That's the gas it costs to get there. 
I am not doing hot in this life. Like something isn't right in me and I need help. And so that was a Saturday night. And on Sunday morning, I worked at a Chinese buffet and I was waiting tables and nothing, no money. And people don't always tip at buffets. So, you know, I, I don't, I'm not surprised by this, but I actually made a, a decent amount of money. Not this Sunday. I made none. And I'm sitting there and I'm just like, dude, I'm not going to this. I can't go home. Like I don't have the money. And I, I'm so ashamed to ask my parents and they're grieving. Like, you know, so. And are you thinking, okay, God must not be real. Did that cross well, your mind? I'm not thinking. I, I forgot I prayed the prayer okay. at this point. I'm like just doing my, yeah. my job. Right. So I'm waiting tables. This guy comes in with a Bible and two old ladies. And I'm like, oh, freaking Christians don't tip. Here we go. That's what I used to think. I mean, Christians can be kind of stingy. If anyone here is listening, please know your waiters watch what you're doing when you claim to be a Christian. Like, I second that. Tip your waiters. Oh, my god. Tip gosh. your waiters. Especially if you're a Christian. Especially. especially. But, but. Christians just fed into the whole thing of like, they're kind of living this, like my dad would always say, like, if you can't see it, it's not real. Like I, he said, he and I, I'm not, he's not against Christians. He's, he just doesn't have any proof, right. Of God to, in his knowledge. And he always says like, Christians are just, pe they're people like me that want to, they want an explanation for why, why the world exists. And they found one, like, that's the difference between me and them. I don't believe their explanations, so that's why. And so for me, that's all they were. They were just trying to justify what they already believed. So like, them not having money is just like, oh, we're just living under persecution, or whatever the heck they're saying, not having money. It's, I, felt like, I felt like Christians were always kind of like these poor, kind of nice people, but ultimately were just like me. That's kind of how I felt, I guess, about them. Anyway, tangent. So this guy comes in with these women. He's like asking my name, being very nice. And I'm like, dude, I don't want your Bible, like whatever you're trying to do. And honestly, I'm just peeved because I have no money. He leaves. And a, a Chinese buffet bill is like $8, I think, if I remember. He leaves and leaves exactly $40 on the table. And that was wild to me. Like, wild. And I, I, I'm starting to, like, think about, like, oh, my gosh, God might be real. That's not the end of the story, though. So two days later, I'm walking the class Wait, did you go to the funeral? I went to the funeral. I okay. To, I think it was the following week or something, or I don't remember exactly the timeline, okay. but I do know that that was a Sunday and on a Tuesday, certain things stick out to me because they're so marking, I right. think. Yeah. And on this Tuesday, I, and it's so funny because when I tell the story, I can see it. Like I can see exactly where I was and I do not have a great memory, but these moments really, like they meant a lot. And so I remember parking in the middle of nowhere to get to class because I had no parking pass. So... I'm very late. So, like, class has already started. No one's really walking on campus because, you know, everyone, like, bustles around between getting class to class. And I'm, like, there's no one around. So I'm walking to my class from my far-off parking spot. And I bend down and tie my shoe and someone walks past me. It is the guy from Sunday. And I run after him. And I say, sir, because I realize who it is. I look up and I'm like, no freaking way. There's no way. So I, like, run after him and I'm like, sir... I do not want to be forward here, but like you were at my table on Sunday and you left me $40. Why did you leave that much? Your tip, your, your tab was eight. And he said, the Lord told me that morning to come and bring it to you. And I, I think that's the moment I knew. I think I was like, okay, God is real. I knew then what would happen though is kind of the same. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here crying just to tell our <laughs> listeners because I love the Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> you can keep going. <laughs> yeah. No, I, well, you cry. I'm like, yeah, he is. I mean, this was eight years ago. And like, I forget sometimes like just how he, man, he went after me. He went after me. Um, and so, yeah. So what happened then for you? <sighs> so here's the thing. I've been doing really well in school, right? I've got straight A's for four, six executive, executive, consecutive semesters. And now um, my, my advisor was telling me you can graduate early. And honestly, after that point, that was spring of my junior year. So I had one semester left. I had just the fall of the senior cause I was graduating early. What happened at that point is conviction fell on me and I couldn't have told you then, but I started feeling out of place all the time. Everything I did felt wrong and off. Like I was missing something. And I, 
I, I, I like knew it. Like, I, I don't know how to explain it, but I kept telling people like, I just don't belong here. Like I, or, and I don't even know how many people I told, but I constantly felt it. Like it's incredible. And conviction to a non-believer is very confusing because you don't fully know what to do with it. Like you don't know, I, I don't have a comprehension of repentance at this point. Like no one has told me the gospel. And so, and also I'm still not sure about churches. I'm, I'm not sold on the whole, what I'm seeing of Christianity. Yeah. So I'm, I'm wrestling around and I'm, I'm, my, my behaviors continue to be more extreme because I'm trying to numb this thing and make it go away. This weird feeling now. Yeah. And so, um, I, I think the piece, go ahead. Uh, you can keep going. I was just, the, yeah, just keep going. Okay. So the piece I would like to, I, I, I tell this, I try to tell this in a linear way because it all ties together in the end, but there's my senior semester, there's a girl in one of my classes and there's just like something about her that I cannot put my finger on. I, I met, we knew each other, like we were friends, but like just class friends. We weren't hanging out or anything. And her name was Andrea. And I just remember looking at her being like, why do I want, I remember thinking, I'm smarter than her. I know my grades are better than her. Like, why, why do I, and, and to be fair, I don't even know if that's fully true. I just, this is where I was in my head. Like, why do I want something from her? I, she was beautiful. She's very pretty, but there was something about her I could not understand I wanted. And it was just, I remember looking at her across, across the room just being like, I don't know, I'm jealous of her. Like, I'm skinny. Like, I'm these, like, you know, I'm thinking of all the reasons why I'd feel this way. I can't put my finger on it. So anyway. There is a scenario in which I have a bajillion jobs and I am bartending, serving, waitressing at like a marina in the middle of nowhere in Paris, Tennessee. And I won't, I don't think this is super relevant because the story has not even gotten good yet. But I, and I know I want to be cognizant of, of our time, but there's a scenario in which I'm waiting, I'm waiting a table. A man puts his number on a napkin. He's the president of a company. I don't know what this, I, I don't know this at the time, but it's a fortune 300 company. And in my mind, Paris, Tennessee is a town of 2000 people. It's where I'm waiting tables, serving hot dogs who this man can't surely be anyone of importance you know, in my mind. Well, they had a plant in Paris, Tennessee for a very large organization and puts his number on a napkin, tells me, if you don't know what you're going to do when you graduate, give us a call. We'll give you an internship. You seem very excitable, very passionate. And by the way, I am, I always have kind of been that way. Um, very extroverted and they see that in me. I get an internship with this company. They're an incredible company. They give me a chance, which why they did, I, I don't know, but they give me, they tell me you're really good at HR. That's what it is. It's HR internship. I'm like, I don't even know what HR is in college. You don't know what human resources is. So I vaguely know, but I don't really know what I'm getting myself into. And a man mentors me at this internship and becomes like a career mentor for me and says, Hey, I think you should run with this. I said, run with what? He's like this HR thing. Like, I think you'd be good at it. And this uh, is after you've already graduated when this you is maybe a month or two before. Okay. And so I, I have no job prospects. The, the school I went to is small. They don't have great placement for schools. It's not like A&M or something like that. So he's like, apply to grad school. I'm like grad school. Dude, my parents didn't even finish college. Like, I'm the first, like, that's way out of our, and he's like, no, I'll write you a letter of recommendation for Michigan State. It's the number one program in the, co in the country for, for uh, a master's degree in Purdue's number two. And I was like, I was like, uh, okay. So I'm like, I'm Googling how to apply for grad school. I don't know what I'm doing, but of course, in retrospect, it's the Lord. Long story short, I, I take the GMAT on a whim. I don't even study. You're supposed to study like six months. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I get rejected from Michigan State for my grades or for my, my grades are great for my scores. Purdue accepts me in um, like with uh, conditions. So I have to, I have to do some courses, some stuff on the side because my GMAT scores weren't great. And the Lord totally sets me up with a, a tutor. Doesn't, this man doesn't charge me anything. He brings me to a Christian coffee shop literally the most godsend thing like sits with me through like multiple courses and like helps me get through these courses looking back i'm like again the lord i remember being like this dude in his christian coffee shop he's probably trying to convert me or something like but i look back and i'm like of course it was the lord so what happens at this point is i graduate i move to uh st louis that's where my family's from i, I moved into the city to bartend be close to the bar I'm, I'm bartending while i wait for acceptance and kind of do their conditional thing so this is 2014. I move in January. I've got about nine months till grad school would start in August. So I've got this time. 
uh, in that time I meet a guy, he moves in with me, um, he's an atheist, brilliant man, stoner, we're just getting high, I mean, loving my life, I'm a great bartender, I'm thriving there, I'm also doing classes on the side, my life is set at this point, I'm like, forget all the weirdness I felt in college, like, here I go. Problem is, I still have this drinking issue, dude, I am blacking out all the time still, and what ends up happening in... But not lonely anymore? I was pretty in love with my boyfriend. I mean, yeah. We, and, and he moved in. And we actually had two jobs at the same restaurants. We were just riding around together. I mean, we did everything together. We were good. We were in love. We were thri we were thriving. We were the two, like, best grossing servers at our places. I mean, we were just doing great. Yeah. Um, Still have a drinking problem. Yeah. And he was starting to get concerned because... We smoked a lot, but he was very functional, and I just was not when I drank. And what happened was I actually woke up one morning missing my front tooth. Mm -hmm. I had blacked out, literally slammed my face, and I fell on the ground, bled, apparently yelled at him. I don't remember any of it. I remember bits and pieces from the night. I remember looking at my hands and seeing blood everywhere. I remember yelling. I don't remember much, but um, wake up, lost my front tooth. And as you can see, teeth, I used to whiten like crazy. So like, I like bleached them. They were like my pride and joy. Like, that's when I realized like, okay, this is a problem. And I actually can't fix it. Like I, we had tried, he's like, okay, you're just not going to drink anymore. Like, we're going to stay away. I was a bartender, but anyway, we're going to, we're going to try. And I didn't do well. I, I just kept going back to it. So you'd say you were an alcoholic. Yeah. Yeah, and it, again, it's hard because I think anyone listening who knew me at that time would, would be like, no, dude, you were just partying with the rest of us. But I'm like, mm. at certain points, like when you know you should stop, I remember thinking, don't have another drink. You can't. You're drunk. And I just, I couldn't. I couldn't ever do it. I'm like, no, there's more. I, I, I want to be drunker. Like, I, and I couldn't say no when people went out, and I, I couldn't ever turn it down. Like, I didn't. It was almost like I couldn't. The prospect of blacking out, I just always wanted to do it. I don't know how to explain it. I always wanted to numb something. I, I, it was the only way you felt peace. Yeah. I was pretty tormented, I guess, if if we're looking back at it. Like, I had anxiety. I had depression. It wasn't... It, but it was just... It wasn't... Uh, like worldly peace, right? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I was good in a lot of ways. So it, it's hard to say, like... It, it would be hard... I think it, sometimes I... I I look back at this time and I'm like, it's not like my parents like were like, get her an AA. She has a problem because first of all, I'm not telling them how things I'm doing. But second of all, like it was a spiritual problem and worldly things can't fix spiritual problems. Oh, looking back for sure. Right. But in the world, this girl's going to grad school. I'm making money. Like yeah. I'm doing the right thing. But I mean the alcohol piece. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And it's like that whole, I told you, this never enough situation yeah. I was always feeling, you know, I was always wanting higher. I wanted to get higher. I want to get higher. Like I want to get drunker. It, it was just, I wanted to work out harder. I wanted to eat less. There was just this extreme way I felt. And I, I can't, I cannot just, I can't explain it. Like it just was like this never enough thing. And, and this was 2014, you said, mm -hmm. and you said earlier that you've been saved for eight years, which would put us at 2014. Yeah. So tell us go. that. Here we go. We're, we're about to turn a corner. We're getting, getting an order. So one day we're driving down the road, me and my ex, and he, obviously we're dating at the time, but he just turns to me and is like, so like, what do you think about God? What do you mean what do I think about God? He's like, do you think he's like real? Like, do you think like Christians are like for real? And I was like, what happens in this moment is every one of those scenarios I'm telling you about, all those stories, like, it was like a movie reel. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like realizing, yeah, I do think he's real, but I can't tell him this because I'm like, I don't even, I'm like, I don't want to talk about this. I, I don't, he's like, what? What's wrong? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't want to talk about this with you. He's like, why? And, and I'm like, it's cause I, I'm having this realization. So he goes to work that night and I don't. And I sit at home and I'm like, God, I need to settle this problem in my heart of like, what is real and what is not? Because I'm very, very confused. Like, are you real? And if you are, are you Allah? Is it a Mormon God? Like, which one is it? And how do I know? Because everyone seems to think they're right. Like, there's wars going on over this type of thing. And I said, if you're real, show you, show me and I'll follow you. F I'll do it the right way. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I'm not going to be like those people. And I'm not going to fake it. But I got to know. If I know it's real, I will do it. I'll wear a bonnet. Are the Amish people right? I don't know. I don't care. But this isn't the way to live. Like, the way that I'm feeling inside is not right. So... 
within about a week's time, uh, we're like sitting at home one night after work. Where so I pray the prayer, live my life, like I continue on, but it doesn't last like a baby. I I don't remember the timeline exactly. I just know that these are the things that followed. So in in it, probably a few days, a week, I don't know. I cannot get high, like. He, my ex and I are rolling blunt after blunt. He's like three blunts in and he's cashed on the couch and I am sober. He is, he's like, what is going on? I'm like, dude, I don't know. We smoke another time and I have a really weird, bad trip. And none of our, I, I'm not doing anything else but just weed and drinking. And it's like, like, this is not laced. It's pot. Like I shouldn't be. And it was a weird, it was a weird thing. And I don't know how to explain. It was just a weird trip. And I was like. Dude, I something is off. First, I can't get high. Now it's a weird trip. Like I, I can't do this. So then, like a couple days later, I like wake up and like, I look at him and like, I'm like, you can't sleep in this bed anymore. He's like, what? I'm like, oh my gosh, this is wrong. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't. Something you being here isn't right. Like you shouldn't be, being. We shouldn't be like doing this. Like you shouldn't be living in my house. And he's like, what? And I'm like. Again, I could not tell you at the time what it was. It was it was massive conviction. Like I am starting to see the world like for right and wrong, and I am like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, you have to move out. And he was like, oh, okay. So at this time, I'm getting ready to move to grad school anyways. Like I mean, it's not a big deal, but like I don't understand. Like you can't get high. You don't want me to be like. I'm like I don't know. I kind of think God might be real. And he's like, what? I'm like, I don't know. Like I don't know what's going on with me. I just think that God could be real Des I don't know and he's like he's like okay okay like I love you we're gonna figure this out like he was he was a great guy and um and I go to grad school we break up within a few weeks because I he like doesn't look the same to me it's like literally like my like God shut my eyes to him and I'm just like I, I don't know like I I can't explain it and I felt so bad because he'd really tried but it doesn't matter so here I'm in I'm in grad school now I'm at Purdue I'm like, fresh start. These people don't even know I drink. I don't have to be drinking here. Day one, that's like summer orientation. We like do stuff. We have like, you have two weeks of like orienting yourself before school starts and they like have you go through like interview prep because in grad school, it's very fast. Purdue is a high placement school. They like, they have so many relationships with companies. They're, you're interviewing your first week of classes for like the next year. I mean, they have, they're very competitive. So they're prepping you these first two weeks. After this prep, everyone's like, let's go out and get a drink. And I'm like, sure. I end up right back blacking out day one. Day one. I'm like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Like, I don't smoke anymore. I'm not living with this. Like, I'm, I'm trying to get on the right track here. And here we are. I'm like back in this problem. So days are going by it's not it's not helping and i'm i'm thinking about this god thing then i start having dreams of like heaven and hell like what's gonna happen to me when i die i start having like fiery end of world which you had had one before yep but this, these aren't judgment dreams these are like the world is ending around me and i probably from the anxiety i'm feeling honestly about like it's heaven, i mean it's probably all ha it's spiritual it's probably psychological it's probably a lot of things but what i know is i remember getting so paranoid like i am going to hell i do not know what to do and i walked up to a girl and i was i saw across her neck and i was like do you go to church and she's like yeah i'm like i'm coming with you and she's like are you sure i'm like what and she's like i mean i'm lds i'm like well, what the heck is lds and she's like i mean yeah you, you can go we go to a temple i'm like okay like i don't know i just don't know what to do and i'm like sure whatever and she was so hesitant it made me be like okay wait a sec I don't, something's off here i was like now looking back i think at the lds they they they're so pursuant of people they probably never had people walk up to them i think i shocked her a little bit um and so i uh i i end up not doing that because i'm like i don't know about that um and then I'm running on campus one day and people, it's the beginning of the semester, so people are passing out like their organization cards, pamphlets, like trying to get you to join their clubs. And I get a little card and I put it in my armband and I, like someone passes it, I put it in my armband. Run, I go home, I take it out and I put it on my bulletin board. I don't think anything of it. I just like put it up there. But every time I walk past my bulletin board, my heart races. And I'm like, what is this? So I finally look at it and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a campus ministry. I'm like, okay, this is, I think this is like the answer to all the things I've been asking. So I, I go 
to um, I, I go to the the email address listed and I I email them say hi my name's Hannah can I come to your meeting like I don't know so they're like sure our next one's water baptisms we meet in the gym and I'm like okay I'm coming so I go and what they they do is like they're they have the jacuzzi like not heated obviously that's what they're doing it but before they took us into a little room and like show like what salvation is and like show sin on the cross and I'm seeing the gospel and my heart like is torn apart I'm like I'm in sin that is the answer like it, it just I don't even remember what it was if I was it a cartoon I don't remember I just remember thinking like yep that is me I am the one who needs this I, I know that this is the truth I it's something in me is like resonating with what I'm seeing in this video and then we go from this little room to people are getting baptized and I'm like sitting in the back of these bleachers I don't know a soul here and they're telling their testimonies before they go under like a quick five minute thing and I'm like oh oh they're talking like me like they're broken and they're being very honest and I'm like this is me I can be this I can get I can choose this and I'm realizing like the peace of God comes over me all of the doubting stops all of the like like tormenting stops and I'm like oh yeah this is it this is it for me so I don't tell anybody I like walk to the pastor after she's like walking out I'm like hi um I haven't been to church in a very long time but I think I'm gonna keep coming here she's like who are you I'm like all right thank you goodbye walk out she's probably like wait, wait is that a belief who is that I go in my room at home at my apartment and I say okay god you win I'm doing this thing now, there's a lot of pieces of story I left out, like a lot of strangers along the way who gave me things. And that was November 1, 2014. That's the day I consider I was saved. Um, wasn't anything big, but within the days to come, I would wake up and be like, where's a Bible? I have to open it. Like the hunger in my heart starts like, I'm just getting, I don't know, I, I'm lit up spiritually. Now, I don't, again, know what any of this means. I remember calling a friend being like, so I believe in God now. And she's like, what does that mean? I'm like, Every day I wake up and I want to read a Bible. And I had a Bible because, again, someone in college gave me one. And I never did it. I carried it with me, but I never did anything with it. And I had it. So I called her. I was like, I don't know. I just want to open it up and I want to spend hours reading it. It's like, I can't get enough. I don't know what to do. And she's like, that's weird. I'm like, I mean, I kind of know. So I want to skip a little bit because so I'll start going to this campus ministry. It's international. Everyone's coming. Their whole thing is international outreach. They, they picked up a, a domestic one. But... It, I was actually minority. It was a lot of um, very smart people. Purdue is an incredibly intelligent, it's an engineering school, so very smart people go there. I'm like in the grad, because I'm grad school, I'm in the graduate group of the campus ministry, so I'm not with 18 year olds, I'm with like older people who are incredibly intelligent, believing the same God from different countries. So I have people from Zimbabwe, Africa, Mexico, China, like believing in the same God. And I'm like, how this cannot be explained another way like again the logic in me from my roots of my dad is like you can't nothing you can't see but i'm like no i can see clearly that these people aren't making this up this isn't phony this is they really think that this guy is real like they believe this so much they're all meeting together they're under their their english is their second language and they're in the same place worshiping the same god like how he has to be real. And I'm realizing, in my, so my heart is just being cleaned out by the Lord. I'm within days of being saved. I don't want to cuss anymore. I, I can't, I can't wear shorts. I'm like, I can't, I like go full blown modesty. I'm like, I just want to please God. Like did the I'm, drinking stop? No. So then about a month in a month and a half in, I'm going to see my grandparents. So I get saved November. I go for Christmas break to Florida where my grandparents live also atheists within three days they're like hannah this whole thing's a phony like they're telling me what i've chosen is i'm like i'm so excited about jesus i'm telling them they're not having it they're like that's not real and basically over a couple days of them telling me that i'm like oh they're probably right like and i'm on the fence i'm like i know i feel a radical thing happen but i'm also like man everybody around me is telling me it's not a thing and i i now have enough people in my life that are christians that i can call but i'm also like just like uh, are they just trying to coax me into their whole thing though I'm like really apprehensive of like people who are not fully authentic so what happens is a friend totally the enemy here because it's so specific a friend from Germany Germany from grad school doesn't go back to Germany comes to Fort Myers Florida Fort Myers Florida is not a big place people always go like he he's just passing through on a road trip and you're in Fort, Myers, Fort Myers Florida, Myers, Florida. 
And he's like, hey, Christmas Eve, I'm going to be there. Why don't you come to the bar and meet my buddy? I'm like, no, I don't drink anymore. He's like, you don't have to. Just come visit. I'm like, okay, fair. And it's Christmas Eve, so at dinner I'd had half a glass of wine, even though I actually hadn't drank at all till this point. But I, like, have this half glass of wine. I start listening to secular music for, like, a little bit. Like, I'm like, man, I'm kind of feeling like I could go out. I get this, like mode in my my heart in my mind I'm kind of like going back a little bit to you know I'm only two months out of like partying not even and because the last party I went to was a Halloween party so like that tells you I'm right there at this short timeline six weeks maybe I go to the bar long story short wake up Christmas day in a hotel I partied all night blacked out so basically the amount of shame I felt the next day I said yeah Christianity is a sham because if it was real and if the Bible's true it has no power on me like it doesn't work for me and I remember thinking, I was so full of shame. I'm like, literally having to be driven back to my grandparents' house at like 10 in the morning on Christmas day. It's humiliating. Like, and I don't even know what the heck I did that night. Like, so I just, I called a friend. I said, look, Christianity was fun for six weeks. It's a sham. I'm not interested. Like, and she's like, weren't you signed up to like go to a conference on New Year's, like a Christian conference with your ministry? I was like, I mean, yeah, but I'm not going to go. She's like, I think you should. And I was like, why? And she's like, because at least when you go to judgment day, you can tell God you tried. And I was like, that's fair enough. Like either the Bible works or it doesn't. Like either he's a God of power that I read and he will do something or he will not. Like, so I give this this last ditch effort. I go to this conference. I'm like, fine. I ride up with the weirdest people. Like, okay, I don't want to say this. They're actually incredible people, but in my head, they're a little bit like, they're talking about Jesus and like this super spiritual stuff. And to me, I'm just kind of like a little jaded because I'm like, well, if this thing's real, it would have had power to keep me from getting drunk that night. And I couldn't resist it when I tried once or twice and I couldn't. I'm like, so they're all talking about Jesus and they're I'm like, they're weirdos. I'm just looking out the window. I'm like, I'm just dra dragging my feet to this thing because uh, judgment day is going to come. I like have a realization that, that this thing is real, but like there's something in me that's like so doubting. And so I go into this, I go into this worship area, this, we walk into the conference, worship's already started. I go in, I don't remember again, it's, it's hazy, the specifics. All I know is I ended up on my knees. I, I hear a voice, a nearly audible voice. It's in my mind and it's like in my heart and it says, you are done with alcohol. It's like this thing and I can't explain it. It's like a knowing it's like you are done with alcohol. And I remember kind of fighting with it being like, yeah, I'll believe that when I see it. But something in me was so settled. I cannot explain it. But I'm like, I have no way to test it. So whatever. Like, it's a thought. It's a very deep thought. I, I, You know what the Holy Spirit sounds like. But for someone who's listening who doesn't, I cannot explain it. It's like almost a gut knowing. So the next day, they're preaching on... Uh, m there's a bunch of campus ministries from around the Midwest area going to this thing. And I go to a breakout. I just go to the one by the Purdue. The Purdue breakout. They're preaching on and feeling the Holy Spirit. I'm like, I don't know what that means. So I go. They're preaching on speaking in tongues, okay? So please, like, think of this context. Here I am, like, y'all are weird already. Now they're telling me I'm going to speak some other language. I'm like, oh, heck no. Y'all are, I'm like thinking like, crap, I stepped into a cult. Like, I am like looking around. I'm like, I'm going to get out of this room. I got to go. And I'm like, I'm like in the middle of a row. I can't get out. And they're, they're like, all right, guys, if you like want to pray to God for the power of the Holy Spirit to come on you, like we're going to have people at the wall. You can go walk over to them. And I am like, I literally grabbed the bottom of my chair with both my hands. I'm like, I am not moving. These people are nuts. And I like grab my, I'm like, I'm but you stay in the room. You stay seated. Yes. Yes. And this is only the Holy Spirit because yeah. I feel myself wanting to get up and pray with them. But everything in me is like, Hannah, you cross this bridge. You are in like, I like knew I'm like, you are in the wacko journey. And I'm like, I'm not going in there. I just think it's so cool that because since you thought it was so crazy that you didn't just leave, like you still stayed there. And this is the thing, the spirit resonated in me. And a lot of this path I'm taking, it's the spirit really pushing and there, I'll get to the end here in a minute. Cause I feel led to share this part of my story, which kind of brings it full circle. But Anyway, I grab the bottom of the chair and I'm in tears. Like something in me is telling me go to the wall and pray. And the other part of me is like, absolutely not. Because there's just like this knowing. It's like once you cross this, like this is it. Like you're all in. And I go and she's like, okay, this may feel weird. And I know it's a girl I had seen a few times. And she's like, I know you feel weird right now. She's like, if words come out of your mouth, just let them. She's like, and then God will take the rest. She's like, you don't force anything. It's this is not like just open your mouth if you feel led. 
and next thing I know my eyes are closed the whole room's around me I am like in tongues I'm praying in tongues that day I, I so I'm like oh my gosh another language is coming out of my mouth what is going on that day I'm very extrovert like I said I would generally want to be around people I didn't I went and I prayed and I was like okay like I want to be with the father all day I wanted to pray all day I was having visions I started speaking in tongues in my hotel room alone for hours I start seeing people's faces I start seeing countries I start seeing weird crazy things I would see people that I'd seen at the conference and then I would see like them doing things or I would hear words in my mind and I take it to my pastor and I'm like this weird thing is happening to me and she's like oh you're an intercessor I'm like what the flip is an intercessor and she's like when you see these things in your mind pray for that person the thing you see and like or pray against a bad thing or pray for a good thing and I'm like okay and I'm like that person over there I saw doing this and like she gets like teary-eyed and she's like you do you know him I'm like I don't know who that is and she's like well I know what they're going through that's exactly what they're going through so I'm like oh my gosh God speaks so then I'm like is this in the Bible so then I go back to the Bible and I read an Acts and I read in the visions and I'm reading the New Testament and I'm, and I'm like okay this thing is real because this thing happened in my life first and the book is saying it's supposed to happen so I'm like cross-referencing everything and I'm reading Acts and it's explaining all these things I thought and all these things I'm seeing and I'm like oh my gosh there's more to this then I go through a period of so I'm pretty on fire at this point when the Holy Spirit came in me I got boldness you could not have shut me up at this point I am telling everyone I know and I would live my life this way for the next three years I mean I go I, I live in some real bold faith for the next couple of years. The way I want to kind of like end the story though is I, uh, I, 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 I go back to Purdue. I'm running on campus again. The Lord was speaking to me during these runs. I don't know. But I'm like running on campus and I feel like, like I feel this notion to call that girl from my class as an undergrad, Andrea. And I'm like, okay. And this was from years ago. Yeah. Since you've from talked a couple to her. Years, two or three years have gone by. And we were friends. So I don't remember. So I call her I'm like Andrea Heron and she's like, yeah. I'm like, this is Hannah Brower from undergrad. And she's like, oh, hey. And I'm like, hey, I gotta tell you something. I feel like I'm supposed to just call you and tell you I gave my life to Jesus. And she's like real quiet and she's like, hold on. She like comes back to the phone. She's like, all right, I'm gonna tell you something because I can't believe this is happening, but I prayed for you every day. Oh my gosh, I get teary eyed for six months and you never changed so I didn't know but the Lord told me not to stop like she's like I didn't even know what to pray for you kept coming to class high and she's like for six months I like prayed and the Lord just told me not to stop praying for you she married the guy from my freshman year who sat with me in the cafeteria they got married wow <laughs> I'm glad you ended this way so we could hear that wow yeah they got married and they're close friends. When they actually moved to Texas, their pastors at Gateway now. I go to Gateway. Uh huh. In Houston. Oh, that's I our church. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. So he's a um, he was a men's pastor. I haven't actually caught up with him in a couple of months, but um, yeah. So they pastor at Gateway and um, incredible people of God, and just became they've been lifelong friends now. Um, and then the uh, what was the last thing? Wow. There's another part. Praise God. To say, yeah. So. Oh, so the one thing I'll say here is I, I felt like the Lord, um, a couple years ago, I was writing down my testimony and I was going through this, this practice of like, you know, your full story. And I, I'm writing down from, you know, college the story I just told you. And the Lord's like, that's not the whole story. And I'm like, what? And I felt led. So when I was five years old, my parents, my mom grew up Catholic. So she's like, I want my kids to have the choice of what they're going to believe when they grow up. I don't want to just tell them it's. I think my mom generally believes in God. I don't think she doesn't go to church. She doesn't practice a lot, but I think she's always had a spiritual backing because of Catholicism maybe. So my parents would drop me and my brother off at church when we were young, like five to when I was 10. So as a child, I actually loved Jesus as a child. And when I was five, I gave my life to him. And the Lord said, you are not, he told me later in life, you are not saved as a 23 year old you were saved as a five-year-old and I've been faithful to that prayer ever since. And so like all that time that he had been like pursuing me in college, like it was him being faithful to me. It wasn't like just a random girl's prayer. Like he was being faithful to my prayer from five years old, you know? And so I think like a lot of times when I tell this story, like I want people to hear like, 
man, like, you don't know what's going on in a prodigal's mind. Like, you just don't know that people would not have known in college that I was having all this conviction for years. For years, I struggled and went back and forth and kept getting drunk, but it was because I was so confused and tormented and, and the Lord was pursuing me, but it was scaring me, you know, like I told you. And when you are that girl praying, and you do not understand why you just don't understand someone's soul is in the balance. Like I think about that frequently, like when the Lord puts them on my heart, just the other week, the Lord put some on my heart. And I was like, I like prayed for her a little bit. And then like, I, I like kind of, I'm like, man, I want to reach out to her, but I haven't heard from her in a while. And I don't want her to think I'm weird. Just like, I never want to be one of the Christians I saw like, hi, my name's Hannah. I love Jesus. So I'm careful. I try to be like organic and like normal when I talk to people. So I didn't reach out to her. And then two days later, I kept... And the reason why is because you don't want to scare them off. Never. And right. I never want to be the person on the park bench screaming about Jesus. I always want to show his real character. I, And so I'm careful sometimes with people when I do that because that's what drove me away. Right. And so I'm, I try to be as normal as possible. Even if I feel strongly about something, I try not to come off too strong because I'm yeah. very passionate. Yeah. And God will show you that way. Yeah. Yes. And so this last week, this just happened. This girl... Um, I saw her at church on one. So I did text her and I was like, hey, we should meet up for coffee. I've just been thinking about you lately. She's like, yeah, for sure. I saw her at church on Wednesday and I hadn't seen her at church in a while. And she said, so I got to tell you something. And I was like, what? She's like, I told, I've been asking the Lord where to plug in for community. And I haven't gone really back to church anywhere in Houston. She travels a lot. And she's like, I, I was thinking about coming back to a dwelling place. That's where I go. And she's like, I told the Lord, if you want me to go to a dwelling place, Hannah must text me. And she's like, I said Wednesday, but you texted me Friday. So I was really still questioning. And I'm like, here we are. The Lord had, he was on time. It was me who kind of drug my feet on reaching out to her. And it makes me think about that, you know? Like, obedience is so much not about us and how we look to someone else. It has everything to do with him and what he's who he's trying to reach every time. It's funny you say that because even the smallest thing, this might sound silly perhaps to some of our listeners, but it's... It's what you're saying. Even the smallest thing sometimes for me when I'm getting ready, like in the bathroom or something, you know, I'm just listening to the Holy Spirit throughout the day. He'll tell me to stop doing something and go somewhere else. And I have to listen to that because his timing, like you said, is perfect. This might sound silly, but I'm just going to say it. Like mascara. Wanted to put on mascara uh -huh. today, but he was like, no, don't. And I have to listen to that because I've seen his faithfulness in the past when I listen to him and I don't do something that I've show up and <sighs> at a time when I need to show up because I could miss it. Now that doesn't mean like something bad's going to happen if right. I were to miss that, but I'd miss this sweet blessing. Like this time with my family, I would have missed coming out to see you if I wouldn't have went then, you know, right. It's like, we don't want to miss. And, and, and even if we do, like you said, he, she's probably going to go to your friends, probably going to go to the church and everything. Yeah. But it's, I love what you're saying. I'm just thinking of that. Oh my gosh. Well, and, and it's so, and that's the thing. I think looking at the way the Lord, the Lord redeemed me, like the story he used with her praying for me so much, I really do love intercession. I do have a fire to, to pray for people to get saved a lot. I, I, I spend a lot of time. That's, that's actually my prayer closet. I spend a lot of time sitting in there. Um, because I, I know, I know that just because you don't see fruit at first, it doesn't mean, I mean, because I, I know on the other side of it, what could be going on. Right. Because I was that person. Right. And sometimes we're just supposed to plant a seed and like, yep. you might not see the fruit, yep. but God's the one that, that will bring the increase and be faithful to his promises. Yeah. Like we just have to be faithful to what he asks of us. 100%. And then that goes back to, we're not going to know what he asks of us unless we're listening to him. You know, that's a whole thing I'm passionate about too, is just listening to the Holy Spirit. And just... We have to remember, I, I, man, I've been so wrecked about this lately. We do not see. We do not see like he sees. He looked at me in Murray, Kentucky, before I had a concept of what Texas was, and saw me today. Like, he saw In that. your prayer closet, praying, my, yes. reaching out to your friend. So when he's asking Andrea to pray for me, he's seeing souls. Because now I, I am seeing the fruit of that. I am seeing, now it took me some time. I've had a friend I've been praying for for five years. And she just got saved last year. It was five years. Yeah. You know? And I watched her even get worse and worse. Like, there were, like, she was progressing on the wrong path. I'm like, God, you are not listening. She is walking the opposite way and faster. Like, get her back. And, and he's like, trust me. Keep praying yeah. for her. Trust Lo me. Lo and behold, he's bringing her to her knees. 
20s. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's what he was doing with me, too. I mean, there's... I kept writing it off, writing it off, and it kept getting to this worse and worse place, and... Yeah, so this I, is so good. Thank you for sharing your story, yeah. all of it, every part of it. I'm so grateful, truly, for what he's done in your life. I, you know, I've been crying like this. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. Thank you. I'm just praising God because it's incredible what he's done and how faithful from that five year old girl full circle to now. It's yeah. really cool. And you did a great job painting the whole picture, telling your story. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. And I, I, I don't know. So that's all that I feel I'm good to share. Right. I thought about your question. Yeah. My fun last question. Yeah. Yeah. So the last question I asked all of my guests is if you could sit down with someone from the past or present and hear their God story, who would it be and why? Uh, and this was just a quick answer that came to mind right away when I was like thinking about it. Because I went back to your email today. I was like, okay, I want to be prepped for this. What, what do I need to know? And um, first thing comes to mind is Paul. Mm. because you know what like so good. i have been i got stuck in the end of acts a lot of people love acts one through five and i get why right I, I get why but the end of acts is really if you're someone who um listen i don't believe everyone's called to walk a life like mine it, it's different like god calls us all to very different things but like i for instance have these very very odd encounters a lot with strangers and like weird stuff happens and I think friends that know me listening will laugh because they know exactly what I'm talking about but like even the way I got my dog the way I got this house it's all these bizarre circumstances the way that that guy I saw him two days after he left the $40 on my table that actually never stopped after I got saved it continued and it got more and more intense and so with Paul you see we see these documented times when he's on a ship even he said guys there's a storm coming. We have to do, he like, he literally navigates the people on the ship on like, he's hearing the spirit tell him specific things. And we see like, he, it says like the spirit of Jesus tells him not to go to Asia at certain points. But then he does go to Asia later. Like just, he's very spirit led. We know that we watch what he does. And even these certain circumstances, he even, he spends time at the end of acts with Kings and like judges because he got arrested for preaching the gospel and actually could have, there even talks about a part he actually could have got himself vindicated and doesn't because I think he's just being spirit led. He spends two years to this, I think it's a king or a ruler who comes back and just talks to him, wants to keep hearing about Jesus. He And the only reason the king has access to him is because he's been a prisoner and it's been escalated so far up the court system. Like that's what happened back then. And instead of vindicating himself, he just keeps letting this king guy talk to him over and over. And I'm like, dude, why don't you just get free and go spread the gospel somewhere else? It's because he feels like he's on assignment. He's spirit led. I have so many questions for him, for Paul specifically. Like, like, how did you know this thing specifically? Like, why did you stay there? I want to know what happened with him and uh, Barnabas. When they, him and Barnabas, or is it him and Mark, that fight? And it says they go their two separate, because Barnabas takes Mark and he takes a different guy and they fight. It says that they, they went their separate ways. I'm like, dude, what did you guys, because Paul has so much integrity. So I'm like, what could you have possibly argued with anyone about? And so yeah. I'm like, I have so many questions for Paul specifically. And like, when you, because in 1 Corinthians, he's like tell, telling the first the Corinthians, purge the sin from your church. What are you doing? Like, it's about that guy who's like with his stepmom or something. Then Corinthians 2, he's like, yeah, I feel like I could have been a little harsh on y'all. I'm like, Paul is so human, but man, he lives in the spirit. And I, I, I just, I have questions about how he does it. Like, mm -hmm. because even at the end of Acts, when he's about to die, he tells him, I'm going to go die. And they get all upset. And people actually, it says they prophesied that he would not. So I'm like, so who's here in the spirit here? Are these people prophesying he's not going to die? Because he does. We know he goes on to be martyred. Or him. And we see this today in Christianity. I mean, I'll be at church and I'll get a word. I'm like, that's not what I'm hearing from the Lord. So who's off here? You or me? You're spirit led. I'm spirit led. Like, what are we doing? You know, I have so many questions like, Paul, how did you know? And like, how were you certain? And I, I think he'd probably tell you from walking with the Lord forever. But, like, I want to know, like, his discernment. I'm kind of curious as to, like, like, oh, I would love to know. Paul, look at the church in the U.S. today. I know we don't have it right. I know we don't. I don't know where we have it wrong. I'm like, so many people argue. We have so many denominations. I am so curious to know, like, Paul, would he be like, actually, like, y'all's music is, like, glorifies the Lord. I feel the spirit here. Is he like guys, this is, you have gotten off track. This is not <laughs> the way that we worship God. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Does yeah. he think 
why do you guys, does he get to ask, is the passion translation legit? <laughs> like, I have these questions. And yeah. I'm not criticizing. I just have questions. Why right. do we have so many? I mean, yeah. are, they, are they really all true? Like, yeah. I would love to hear his perspective. So anyway, that, that would be, I would be curious about his God stories in the way of like, how are you navigating this life? Like, yeah, I, yeah those are the question. I love that. And I love to, I mean, I would encourage everyone, if you don't know Paul, to go read about him. Because what's so cool, too, is like he lived a life killing Christians before he was a Christian. Yeah. Like he had a radical, you know, mm -hmm. salvation. So he's blinded. And he's then blinded. he wrote so many books from prison, too. Yeah. And like, he's got a cool life. It's cool that you said Paul, because I was thinking, I think it was even this week, I was trying to remember the exact time, but I was sitting at the table with my family. And I think I even said out loud to them that I wanted to talk to Paul. I'll have to ask my husband later. <sighs> but like, to be able to talk with Paul face to face, which we'll get to one day. But um, that's awesome, Hannah. Thank you for being on today and sharing oh your God gosh, story yes. with me. It was a, oh, I'm like, every time I relive it, I'm like, Man, he is faithful. Yes, he is. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>